0: Welcome to Invisible Not Broken. I'm Monica. And I'm Kiros. And today our topic is the cost of having an invisible illness. <laughs> so we're not going to just be talking about the purely financial cost, we're also going to be talking about the physical and emotional cost of having an invisible illness. Um, one of the statistics I ran across was a RAN study from 2017 that as of 2014, there are nearly 30 million Americans living day in and day out with five chronic illnesses or more. Um, That means that roughly 12% of the U.S. population has uh, five or more chronic conditions, and that accounts for 40% of healthcare spending in the U.S. That's insane.
1: That's... You know, you have to wonder, like, how much of this is that we're better at diagnosing how much of this is that there's more people? How much of this is environmental factors? I mean, I know we talked about this before, but, like, I don't remember my mother having as many sick friends as I have. Like, I don't think she had a single sick friend. She also doesn't have many friends, but... <laughs> I was going to say,
0: <laughs> that also might be a self-selected subset, too.
1: Mom, you know I love you. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't remember, like, my friend's parents being sick. I don't remember, like, when I, I was growing up in the, the 80s. Like, I don't remember there being this many sick people. Or maybe there's just more people... Be, seeing the doctors more diagnosis. Like, what is this?
0: I think honestly it's more that back in those days, people were told just to tough it out, honestly. Cause I mean, I remember, you know, my mom got hurt when I was younger and was basically told just tough it out. She had to tough it out and there was no other option. Um, I think some of these um, like fibromyalgia, and stuff like that, they were written off at the time as, you know, just hysterics and all this stuff and,
1: well, if you want to go into just, and I swear I'll knock it off topic, I promise you, <laughs> but you started me on something. Um, when you're saying tough it out, that was the, if you want to know the history of the opioid crisis, mm-hmm. um, there was an incredible amount of joy in the medical community when opioids became more available in the 90s because so many doctors had patients in such chronic pain, they weren't functioning. They were not able to parent. They were not able yeah. to walk around. They were stuck as shut-ins, and they suddenly had this magic pill that they could give someone who had been in chronic, agonizing pain who could now function. So it had actually become a really exciting thing. Now, did that go a little over the top in prescriptions? Yeah. God, yes. But that's not to say it should never be used, and that's the history of that with, you know.
0: But, I mean, you know, also you look at the, the – history. I mean, talking history – you know, look at all the things you see from, like, the 50s, stuff like this about the women that were all on Valium all the time and sunk out of their mind. And, you know, at least part of that I know had to have been helper.
1: Yeah, and, you know, having your entire emotional and mental life shut into a little box in the suburbs. But, <laughs> hey, we will leave that alone. Yep, yep. <laughs> well, right. anyway, okay, we're back to financial, emotional, <laughs> and physical costs. Okay.
0: <laughs> so some of the financial costs of having an invisible illness – And we've talked about a lot of these before in different panel discussions.
1: We have, and personally we chat about this all the time. Yeah.
0: So like repeated trips to the doctor, each one having its own copay. You know, I, for my stuff, I see my doctor probably at least once a month these days. Or a doctor, I should say, sometimes more than that.
1: That's so cute. Well,
0: I'm saying me. You know, I I, I, I try and space space them out a little bit because I have lots of other things I'm doing.
1: Um, oh you don't do this all the time being sick is not your 24/7
0: well yes it is but I also don't you know never mind we won't get into me going off on a I won't go off on a tangent
1: I, I, that's my job exactly <laughs> there's only one of us
0: allowed <laughs> exactly so each doctor's visit has its own copay so you've got all your copay starting to add up mm-hmm. if you see a specialist then you know you're also not only dealing with copays there but specialists aren't always local so then you're traveling, which can involve either like long car drives, trains, or sometimes flying to go see a specialist.
1: Absolutely. And you might be in or out of network. Um, By the way, United States healthcare system, that's what we're talking about. So out of network means that while they might take insurance, they may not take your insurance. insurance. And if you have a very specialized rare disease, that's very common. And that means that your insurance might cover 20%. Might cover 60, might cover 80, you do not know. Yeah,
0: and sometimes you don't even know until you're there.
1: Well, if you're going to a hospital, if this is an emergency and not just you going to, you will not find out until you get the bill. Right. Like, you have to ask, and even if you do ask, you might not get the full answer. Well,
0: I know that, you know, when I've had to go long distances for stuff, I wasn't sure, you know, it was pre-approved, but we weren't sure what they were going to pay until I got the bill later.
1: Absolutely. And then, you know, a lot of people, like, um, I'm very lucky and I can't go to the doctor unless I can find someone to take me. So.
0: I don't know if that's luck, but okay. Well,
1: I mean, it's luck that I actually have people who are (laughs) willing to drive me places. So And there's plenty of people in my support group who, um, they don't have any people nearby to drive them. So they're going with dislocations on a bus to their physical therapist to get relocated and then to get back on the bus to get home or you're paying Lyft or you're paying, uber right. or um you know you're, if you can't drive um these are your options basically. right and, and then if you have work you're missing a day of work right and who knows how much vacation or sick time you have taken by the end of i don't know a month
0: mm-hmm. and i actually have that further down the list definitely I know. Okay. I, I
1: realize as i said it he really read me for not <laughs> <laughs> being prepared no. today and that was fair it was absolutely fair um
0: but you're right i mean you, every time you take off for one of these, you're losing that income if you don't, you know, if you have um, sick time, you can use it. But if you don't, you're out of sick time, you're just not going to get paid for that time you're mm-hmm. traveling to this whatever.
1: Or if you are self-employed, which right. I was for years, you are fucked. I mean, yeah, like, you don't and get sick pay, sick no. leave. If you are, like when I had Olivia, I mean, I know this isn't the chronic illness part, but when I had a baby, I had to be back at work. I think I was back at work a week after birth. Whoa. Yeah. A week or two. It might have been two weeks, but she came with me to the the first photo shoot I did after having her, and she just kind of went to whoever's arms was not <laughs> in the frame. But you really, like, if you're sick and you are working for yourself, all of those hours are lost pay.
0: Right. and And beyond even just lost pay, those lost hours, if your employer wants to make a big deal out of it, can cost you your job.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then
0: you're now not only... And what people don't think about is not only do you lose your job, but you lose your insurance when you lose your job.
1: Isn't America fun? Yes. <laughs> yeah, and losing your insurance, um, for all of our listeners who are out of the country and you might not be aware, um, while you cannot be turned away from an emergency room, you can end up losing everything. Your house, your retirement savings, Yep. they can go after you for every penny. And I do mean penny because the, the billing can be like, Eight dollars for an aspirin. Yeah. You can leave at a a emergency room for a broken leg with ten thousand dollars of debt. Yeah. So just to be very clear, everyone.
0: <laughs> so back, moving back up the list on my little <clears throat> um, outline here.
1: Oh no, with copay, I was actually going to. I was going to be good. <laughs> I was going to re, go right back to where we were going. Um, because one thing that we didn't talk about was with insurance. That's copay if you have really good insurance. Right. We have. Entertaining insurance, questionable, cute insurance, Um, where we have a $3,000 deductible to meet. Mm-hmm. So we are out of pocket until we get to $3,000. So we can always guarantee we will be spending minimum of $3,000. And that does not mean everything is paid for after that. No. That means then we get to co-pays.
0: Right. Then you get 80% mm-hmm. or 60% down here.
1: And we were usually paying because it was myself going to the do- I go at least once a week, if not way more when we're in the middle of diagnosing or looking for a surgeon. But we'll get up to, like, $500 in copay sometimes. Oh, yeah. I hear you there. Yeah. And then two kids, so...
0: Yeah. So, back to other things that are add to this financial tally. Yep. Lots of tests. And each test <laughs> means another bill, another charge for this test or that test or this MRI or this X-ray or...
1: And then you have to pay to go back to the doctor for the doctor to tell you what those mean. Exactly.
0: Um, and if you have...
1: And then I need a therapy visit after each test (laughs) because up until I got my diagnosis and I was told I just, not just, I'm sorry, everyone has fibro... I feel you, but I was told that was all I had was fibro. So when my symptoms were not lining up with fibro and I had to take so many medical tests, painful, awful medical tests, I would have the worst anxiety sitting there waiting for them to tell me that I was like the healthiest person ever and everything was fine. And <laughs> it was obviously all in my head. So I think you need to add therapy on to like the test results. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then, you know. And
1: wine. We should also add, like, wine for after the test results. <laughs> sure. Everyone should have a wine party after test results.
0: And, you know, even when you're seeing all these doctors or anything else, if something doesn't work, then you're going into experimental procedures, which typically are completely out of pocket because your insurance doesn't cover something that's expensive. "Quote unquote experimental," and
1: I assume Reno, right you're not even going near the acupuncture, chiropractic. Oh no, that's that's further about, down the list. Yeah. So what we're talking about is like even like off-use medicine. So medicine's developed for one thing, but the FDA has not cleared it, be, but it could help with this thing. Yes, which means that the insurance will not, <laughs> the insurance will not cover. Sorry, <laughs> kneecap kept popping up. Um, the insurance will not cover that medicine if mm-hmm. it's not prescribed for that exact purpose. So you're paying out of pocket or right. If you're part of a um, a testing group that's not being funded properly, <laughs> you can end up paying for a lot of those those medicines and procedures. Right,
0: and and that that even happened to me once, where my doctor wanted me to try something that might help with my IBS stuff, and it was a um, oh what sort of one? Antipsychotic, uh, uh, uh anti-depression medicine.
1: Oh my god! Yes,
0: and you know. It was great. Put me on antidepressants for my IBS and it did help, but it wasn't covered by my insurance because I wasn't clinically depressed, according to them. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, but
1: wait, I can help here. Exactly. (laughs) The tough dance of depression.
0: Yeah.
1: No, I mean, because the antidepressants are prescribed for so many things. I had them prescribed for nerve pain. Because back in oh god, I want to go back to the dinosaur era, but um, before all of these very entertaining pills that have been coming out lately for fibro and for for nerve pain, that's what I was prescribed was a very old antidepressant that was um, that was being looked at by Stanford for nerve right. pain. Yeah, that's never got well.
0: <laughs> you know, and this is this happened to me recently, which is why I put it on here. Second opinions. So my the person that was taking care of my knee problems. His whole response was, you need to lose weight. And I'm like, well, yes, I know I'm a little overweight, but I had surgery for this three years ago, and it still hurts almost as bad as before the surgery. It's not all weight. I mean, it gives out on me. It didn't give out on me before the surgery. And so I recently started getting a second opinion. But That means more doctors, more fees, more co-pays.
1: And sometimes insurance and will not cover a second exactly. opinion.
0: I was going, that's where I was going. Sometimes insurance won't cover that second oh, opinion. That's so
1: mean jumping in. That's okay. <laughs> I don't mind when you jump
0: in. Um, no,
1: but that's, I mean, we will go into this stuff later, but just for a second there, weight is not everything. I no. mean, it, <laughs> everyone's aware of what they look like, what they weigh. Um, doctors need to start doing better. It yeah. can't just all be weight.
0: And it's not like I'm, you know, 400 pounds and all this stuff. You know, yeah, I'm slightly over 300 pounds, but I'm also 6'2". You know, I'm built like a linebacker. A <laughs> I'm built like a linebacker. I, I, I fully admit that. But, you know, it's... My knee should not give out on me. My kneecap should not rotate out, which it didn't do before the surgery. But I digress. Um, Isn't
1: that the point of this podcast? <laughs> I think so, yeah. I'm, I, I'm rubbing off on you.
0: Hush. <laughs> so, <laughs> um... And then, you know, we kind of briefly mentioned the cost of prescriptions. Oh, even with, let's.
1: I even, just looked at my bills. <laughs> yeah.
0: Even with insurance, prescriptions can be crazy. I have one thing that I, I'm on monthly, or daily, right? I'm on a daily, that when the first of the year ha- hit, I went to go to pick up my prescription and nearly lost my lunch. I The the one month, because um, there isn't a generic available for it yet. Mm-hmm. And my insurance decided that, well, it counts, this happened like last year, it was the first time to ever happen, that your medicine is counted towards your deductible. Yeah. So, for one month's supply of that medicine was $1,700. I think
1: I know which medicine you're talking about, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. And
0: the, the nice thing is, is that in that particular case, the maker of the medicine had a card I could get that pays your deductible, and so it paid my deductible for me, which was a great thing to have happen. But, man, I, I like I stuck my card in, and she's like, okay, it's going to be this much. I yanked my card out so fast. Like, hell no. Wait, wait, let me call my insurance company because this can't be right.
1: Now, have you heard of an app called GoodRx?
0: Yes, I have.
1: Okay, so we are not sponsored by them. But, hey, GoodRx, if you want to sponsor us, please, we, we'd love money. Um, <laughs> But i used that before because my prescription was insane and that had coupons that brought it down to like $10 a month and I was like wow this is so I'll put a link to it in the the show notes but that's a good resource well
0: in the particular medicine I'm talking about I found out I could order it from Europe wonder how much it is per month in Europe 120
1: you you Europeans are laughing at us and you have every right to
0: 120 and that's yeah that's still a little high but still that's okay. 120.
1: The difference is, like, I mean, I, I just got into a little bit of a, a sweet argument. And I, it was a nice argument with another person on Pinterest because now they let us have comments on Pinterest who oh, thought dear this God. was a good idea. Um, but we were just discussing for a minute about medicine and socialized medicine. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, but look in these countries with socialized medicine there's people who are denied and look at these two cases I'm like I can go to Oakland right now and give you like 50 in the waiting room at this moment right but the difference is is even in um you know and I've talked to many of you from Australia from Europe and hey if more of you want to chat with us about this this is how we we learn about all of this but right. some of you told us yeah our, our system is a little difficult for chronic illness and we have to get supplemental insurance and the person I was talking to about that was like 120 a month and I'm like oh my fucking god no I understand that's stressful and sad for you and but there's a difference between this is a strain and this is going to take away our house and we're going to become bankrupt and the American system I We should have looked up how many percentage of bankruptcies. I should have looked up how many percentage of bankruptcies. I did look it up, and it's somewhere, but
0: well, there was a, a, I'll
1: post it. But people absolutely go bankrupt in this country oh, yeah. all the time because of medical expenses, because they got sick, because they went to the, the emergency room.
0: There was, there's a, I, and I, it's apocryphal, I don't know if it's true, I think I remember looking it up and verifying it at the time, but it was cheaper for someone to go to yes. Spain, live there for a year, get their knee replaced, everything, and then come home than it was to have it done here
1: yeah I think it was like here was 50,000 Spain was like 7,000 I, I, I'm forgetting exactly what it was but it was insane the difference and the frustration I have as we listen to the talking head political system and I will swear I will not get too political on this but what upsets me First about it everything. trying I'm trying <laughs> so hard um the thing that's the most frustrating for me is this idea. Of, no, we can't afford it. And aside from, and we're putting aside that what they think they can't afford nauseates me. However, just the the idea that we can't afford it, but we're not willing to look into a serious audit of the system right. to really look at what the actual cost is to force the <laughs> to force our medical industry to adhere to the same cost as every other fucking country in the world. And then say, okay, now can we afford it? I want real right. numbers before we decide that this is something that people should be choosing between rent and medicine.
0: Right. <laughs> I don't
1: even have a funny quip for that. That just makes me so fucking angry that anyone would ever have to make those choices. Mm-hmm. See, first time for everything. I didn't even have a sarcastic
0: comment. <laughs> hey, you kept it closely on topic at least. I'm um, trying.
1: Ha, is this not the best I've ever this is done? The best,
0: I have to give you props. This is the best you've ever done. Um, and then other things people might not think about are like with me having my dairy allergy, I have to have almond milk. I have to have, if I want cheese, I have to get the vegan made cheese. I have to get all these other, you know, <laughs> those things are not cheap.
1: Do you want to get the the cost difference between getting decent almond milk versus a gallon of milk?
0: So what I pay for a half gallon of almond milk is what I pay for a gallon of the regular milk for David.
1: Yes, that's about double the cost. Yeah. Each time. Each time. And that's for each product. I mean, the butter that you, the fake butter you have. The fake
0: butter, the fake cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Even, okay, so put it in simplest terms. A box of mac and cheese is under a dollar. Yep. A box of mac and cheese, which has roughly half the mac and cheese mm-hmm. as a box of mac and cheese, cost me two seventy nine a box.
1: Uh, all of our food allergy people are going, yes, exactly. <laughs> and then all the people who have like... Um, Gluten
0: allergy, yeah. you know, whatever. The Peanut stomach. allergies. Like, yeah. So
1: one of my daughter's friends, a poor baby, sweetest kid, um allergic to everything you can ever imagine like everything like the kid has to be paleo because it's like meat and water (laughs) like eggs were a problem dairy was a problem um anything close to peanuts was fatal like it Mm -hmm. was like no strawberries like half the fruit was off the list i mean this kid is amazing amazing young lady but um it's just crazy what her parents had to deal with I'm as sure. far as, like, the, the nonstop fear. The um, incredible rise of the cost of the EpiPen.
0: Yeah. And that's, you know, another thing is that drug manufacturers, as you know, this Martin Shkreli guy and all these people, they, they're jacking the prices of drugs up because they're life-saving drugs. People need them. They can't just say, well, I'm not going to get it.
1: They really do, like... Um make you question that do-no-harm feeling that we're supposed (laughs) to have. Like, it's faces are so punchable.
0: The do-no-harm is the doctor. The doctor's not the one doing it. It's corporate executives of the drug companies.
1: (sighs) Yeah, that's very true. And most, well, I mean, there's also this huge rise of um, doctors that are now becoming um, concierge doctors, which (laughs) means that on top of your copay, on top of everything, you are not exempt from a copay here. You then have to pay about two thousand dollars a year to see this doctor. Now that's problematic. It becomes incredibly problematic when you realize that this country is facing a huge deficit of general practitioners. Yep. Um, of uh, of gynecologists, there's a massive deficit of gynecologists. And I'm sorry, I, I know didn't we've been know read, that one. And we've been read. Yeah, <laughs> we've been read for for this. But I am going to absolutely put this in here because this is a horrifying issue when you're talking about the middle of the country where the maternal death rate is through the roof because there are not enough doctors who understand the exact (laughs) urus biology. So if you want to read me for this, please feel free, but this is an absolute biological fact. And When you're looking at then, you will have to pay $2,000 a year on top of all of your drug costs, on top of all of your co-pays, just to see one of the few general practitioners or one of the good few general practitioners. Yeah. That's insane. I had to do that for a while. That's how I actually finally got diagnosed was I saw a concierge doctor who didn't give me the eyebrow raise of, well, you're obviously crazy. He was an amazing doctor. I did have to pay $2,000 a year to see him. Wow.
0: I've never had to do that. Thank goodness.
1: I mean, I I had sad things. I felt like it was worth it because I finally got someone who sat me. And any doctors out here, here's the best thing he ever asked me. He said, if I could wave a magic wand, what would I do to make you better? And I just listed it out. And he said, okay, you're not crazy. And whatever it's going to be is going to be weird. And we'll just be (laughs) patient and we'll figure it out together. But it's going to be weird. He was right. It was weird. Mm -hmm. But it was there. So back on topic, I promised.
0: No, we're we're doing pretty good. Um, The one of the, the two other things that are left in, in the financial things um, are alternate alternative treatments like acupuncture, reflexology.
1: How <coughs> much money I spent in acupuncture?
0: Mm.
1: I mean, like it was seventy five dollars a week. I went every week. I was supposed to go twice a week. I couldn't afford it, but seventy five dollars, uh-huh. and then got raised to eighty, which was. Bear. I mean, as far as acupuncture goes, it was really effective and helpful. It lasted for a day. Like, and no shade on acupuncturists. Like, for a whole day, I was pain free, mm-hmm. which was awesome. It just was like a nice reset. And she was an amazing acupuncturist. I couldn't afford to keep seeing her because. The cost was, like, close to, what, $350? $300. Me do not do math well. Um, 320 Three twenty a month if it was $80 a week. Oh, God, yeah, SATs were a bad. bad idea. Um, mm-hmm. But that's a lot of money when you add it on to all the other costs that you're looking at. And then, you like, that's thousands of dollars over the
0: over the course of yeah, a year. Yeah. Over
1: the course of, yeah, a few years. And you
0: mentioned therapy already, you know, for...
1: Well, we talked about that privately before we start recording. <laughs> we need to just start recording when you walk through the door,
0: and everyone right. can just start
1: laughing at like how crazy our.
0: <laughs> we are. did. We have actually banded, bandied the idea about about doing a Patreon system for people and doing all the outtakes and doing the pre-show that we are sitting here, bullshitting before we start <laughs> recording. You can if listen you, to Glenda <clears> trilling at <throat> Kira's
1: to make her pet him,
0: or or That's the dog, or the other or the big dog barking at me.
1: He still thinks that, that Kyrus is a deep and terrifying threat until Kyrus pets him. <coughs> or has food in his hand. Or has food in my hand. Yeah, yeah, the dire wolf. Um, so, hey, if you guys have great ideas for what we can offer you for Patreon, please. Let So, yeah. we were talking um, when Kyrus came in about therapy. And so, that's that's a raw point for me. That's a little, like, like, scraped up little space. Because I would fucking love to go to therapy. I mean, to try to handle all of... Needs
0: it, too. Sorry, is that my loud voice?
1: No, no, that's fair. I, I will own up to that shit. I could really use therapy. Um, But the insurance does not cover it close, even close to being able to afford it. And when you're here by yourself, alone, most of the time, and unsupervised, uh, and you get the nice little whirlwind of thoughts in your head and you're in pain every, you know, I mean, let's be real here. I have massive dislocations every day. So Mm -hmm. here's the the deep, dark secrets. I am cheerful as a survival mechanism (laughs) and um, I sure would love to be able to talk to a therapist about it. And I'm sure my husband would love to talk to a therapist or to be able to get some help dealing with like, Hey, my wife is like whimpering in a corner at night. So how do I process this? And for my kids, like, my daughter got therapy through the school because this is a lot for kids to handle. I mean, to see mom sick is scary. To see mom... Not able to get out
0: of bed for days on end.
1: Or to see mom cry because, I mean, that was... And I'm really intense on not showing pain. But the other day, I mean, I I posted the picture. So if you all want to look at the the website, I I posted it. um, My wrist had turned all the way over to the middle of my hand. It looked pretty. It was. Um, it was
0: not for the screamish.
1: <laughs> no, it was. It was a uh, body by Picasso, um, <laughs> and I screamed, and I screamed in front of my kid and poor baby. She's like the sweetest, most empathetic, lovely child, and. That was scary for her. It was that was a hard hard night for the family. But sure. so, you know, if there is a way for us to take um, mental health more seriously in this country, as it doesn't mean that you are ready to go out and commit horrible crimes. It just means that there's <laughs> okay, Kiris does the best, like Captain Evil face. Like I just need to get in like one of those little Sphinx cats so can pat it and look evil. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, just the idea that This weird sort of American idea of like bully through it. Just suck it up. Buy your bootstraps. This is bullshit and toxic. Yes. Like people need help to get through stuff. There is no good instruction manual for like how you handle shit like this. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, the last thing we had in financial was something that you thought of (laughs) that I didn't even think of. Which, you know, I I, 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 spent a lot of money. (laughs) Well, But I thought about wheelchairs and stuff like that for people that need assistive devices. Oh, can we talk
1: about that first?
0: Well, let me get everything out here and then we can kind of cover the whole thing. So wheelchairs, canes, stuff like that. But you also need vehicles that can carry those things around. Um, The person I write my books with, Orion. Yeah. When we helped her get a car, she had to have something... Because she uses one of those roller walkers. Yeah. And those don't fold down very well. No. And finding something that she could get in and out of easily... And still had room that she could easily lift that thing up into. Not easy. No. We found one really good one, but she's so short, she couldn't reach it to close the hatch.
1: No short <laughs> jokes. Okay, no short jokes. Is she I, shorter than I am? Oh, yeah. No way. Yeah. And so... Oh Ryan, we adore you, by the way.
0: So, so the only way she could close it, because we, we looked at this one vehicle and she really liked it and it was, looked really good, but the only way she could close the hatch was to use her cane to reach up and pull it down. And she's like, no, I can't do this.
1: Are you kidding? That'd be such a cool thing to do.
0: Yeah.
1: Sam <laughs> was getting shit from my son for being short. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, okay, so the story about that for my family was we had a car that was very, you know, it was a great car. It was, it was a regular Prius. Like, it was mm-hmm. a cute little Prius. I loved that car. When I had to use a wheelchair, that did not fit in the back seat. And um, I actually needed, um, at the time, I needed the wheelchair all the time. And we had to get a lift put in to like lift the wheelchair up and down. And because of my disorder, I had to get the most expensive chair. Right. Because my um, shoulders fall out, my, the, the upper bones of my arm fall out of my shoulders with almost no, <laughs> no uh, resistance. And um, I had to get a wheelchair that's uh, made by Quickie. It's an awesome chair. It costs $12,000 with the um, assist on it. And it weighs eight pounds without the wheel. Yeah. And even that's too heavy for me. So we had to get a lift to put it in, which was more thousands of dollars. Right. And the insurance did, well, I think the insurance covered 60%, like, but for $12,000, that was a lot of outlay. That's and so, like,
0: you know, what, six and a half thousand, seven thousand dollars $7,000?
1: Yeah. And we had to get a car that would fit this. But because I still wanted, to, at the time, I still thought I could be more independent. <laughs> i thought i could still work i thought i could if i could just get the help but because my shoulders fall apart i needed a car that had some of the assisted driving technology Mm -hmm. in it like would stop if my (laughs) foot was starting to fall apart if there's something in front of me or my personal favorite thing that has ever been made is the um the blind side assist where it beeps at you if someone's in your blind spot because I can't turn my head all the way over. So we ended up with an Outback, which was a, I think it was like 32,000. And I know for some people, it's not a lot of money for a car. It's a lot of money for us for our car. That was expensive, but we had to get this very high level of the car because that was all like all these assisted things. They put it as a luxury item when the people who will help are the people who are on disability and need the help the most. And, that was insanity. That was a lot of money. Yeah. So one of the other things we were talking about was um, my love affair with my Dyson. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I've gone through many vacuum cleaners, not because they are good vacuum cleaners, but because they're so heavy, my wrists dislocate. So we finally bought the Dyson V7, which is the little like light thing that's mm-hmm. only eight pounds, and it it doesn't have a cord that I have to wrap up, which with pots, if you have to lean over to wrap the cord again, you're going to pass out or throw up on the floor, and then that's more cleaning or the dogs can come. Um, oh, <laughs> <good> <laughs>
0: Lord, she I, went there.
1: I did. Well, I just had to watch my dog clean up all the chicken poop because he like goes after all the chickens free range.
0: Disclaimer: I do not approve of this conversation. <laughs> Sorry,
1: <laughs> but, I'll stop. but what I will say is, instead of being able to buy the twenty dollar vacuum or even the hundred dollar vacuum, the only vacuum that was available that was light enough for me to be able to use was like what was it five hundred dollars? Something like, like that. It was insane, and it's very frustrating that. I have to buy the luxury level of everything because everything else is not going to work. Right. <laughs> and I wish um, I wish there was some way to, to change that up a little bit. Like the bed I got. I couldn't get a regular bed. I had to get the bed that adjusts. Right. And I know people are like, you have to? Yes, I do because I have POTS. And when um, my heart goes nuts. You
0: have to sit up.
1: I have to sit up, but I can't. Well, I have to lay down. I have to get my knees above my heart. Right. So the blood gets back. But I can't do it the way most people can do it, where you lay down and you just put your feet up, because my hips dislocate. Right. So it has a zero gravity setting, which is like my favorite thing on earth, because it holds everything together, and my ribs don't pop out in that position. But it was a very expensive bed, and my insurance did not touch that one. Yeah,
0: I'm sure. So we've...
1: Oh, one more. Oh, oh, sorry. Actually, two more, because you got-
0: Did I skip something?
1: No. No, you did not. This is my fault, as usual. So um, (laughs) one of the other things uh, that is a cost that might not always factor in when people are thinking about what we have to spend is help. Someone to come and help clean the house. Um,
0: Yeah, that's true. The thing I
1: wish I could afford is a dog walker. My dogs make me feel so guilty. They are the the sweetest little like, walking fuzzy Prozacs I've ever seen. (laughs) And they have given me so much joy. They have helped take away my depression. And they are constantly looking at me and looking at the door going so
0: Feeling good enough to walk me,
1: and I can't do it anymore with the wolf because—and he's not yeah. a wolf, by the way. I'm sorry. I always call him my dire wolf because he's 82 pounds of fur furrow faucetness, like just flowing pretty hair, and <laughs> he's
0: huge. German Shepherd. He's
1: a shepherd uh, border collie mix, and he has a lot of energy. And oh yeah. I can't walk him because even though he's really good on leash and he's gotten really good, he will stay by you if he gets scared or spooked. Which anyone who has a shepherd knows—they are the most. Neurotic animals. He'll pull my wrist out. Like it takes nothing for him to like. Or your
0: shoulder, or the rest of you, or.
1: Or everything, yeah. <laughs> um so, And he gets very nervous if I'm not feeling well. He gets super protective. So I would love to have a dog walker. That's like, how is it like fifty dollars a dog? I have no idea. Like it's expensive. Um, one of the things that you got Stu super happy about, thanks a lot, was the ready-made meals like Blue Apron and like Purple Green Carrot. Green Chef
0: and all those. Yeah, yeah, there's
1: a lot of them. And they are, I mean, they're, I understand they're, they're a business model. I'm not throwing them shade for their cost. I'm just saying like something that could be so helpful to someone with a chronic illness that is outside of a budget. Like.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it saves you shopping so you don't leave a house for that stuff. It just arrives on your doorstep.
1: Yeah. Although Amazon Prime has gotten some really good like deals for, I think it's $15 a month and you can get like whole foods delivered to your house. Yeah. So I will be trying that. So Amazon Prime, you want to like <laughs> support us? Please feel free. We will. I will report on it anyway because I think it's tremendously helpful and I'm curious how good the, I am a produce snob. So yeah, me too. I want to see how, how good the fruit is that comes over. Um, the last thing that I really wanted to put in here because I was just talking to some people who are dealing with this and I am so lucky that I have my mother. She is a rock star and an amazing person who is so capable and um, she had just gone through the disability process with my father. Mm-hmm. So she knew how to do this. Mm-hmm. When I applied for disability, um, and this will go nicely into some other costs too, yeah. because you have to be without an income for like almost six months minimum. So you can't have any money coming in. You can't work for those six months, really. I mean, like, I think you can make $1,000 a month, but it gets really iffy and you'll still be accepted or not. You might end up throwing yourself into another cycle of craziness. Uh Um, A lot of people have to hire disability lawyers. Which I understand, because I went through the paperwork, I tried so hard, and I could not figure it out. Like Whoever is gaming the system, I swear to you, if you are that smart, apply it somewhere else. Become like <laughs> become a disability lawyer and help others with this, because I am lost on how someone is that intelligent to be able to game that system.
0: What's funny is you said almost that exact statement in the last one. I probably did. did. See, this because is my it's...
1: forgetfulness.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> I, just, I just remember you saying exactly that thing during one of our last... Panel discussions and, and yeah, it's, it's
1: still just as true, but right. the cost of a disability attorney is not cheap and that's another thing that people would have to show up for just to be able to get enough money to possibly live in. I did do a little research and the average disability payout a month in the United States, all the United States is 700 to to $1,700 a month. So in some states, $1,700 a month could semi-cover basic levels of poverty. Um, Maybe even a little bit more, and we're here in California, and we're in the most expensive part of California. And I can tell you right now that you cannot get a condo in our area, uh, like a studio.
0: Yeah, you couldn't like, get a studio for seventy nine. No, no, and
1: I'm just like, I and I'm getting the amount of money I'm getting would never cover my and I. I you get huh. so welcome to real life. Mate. She just
0: jumped out of her seat and grabbed your legs, so something happened.
1: Oh, uh, that was a tibia running away. Um, so I would never ever be able to feed my children. And the reason I get as much as I get, which uh, I'm I'm in that range, I'll let you know that much. Um but I the only reason I get as much as I do is because I have two kids. And there's no way I'd be able to pay a rent and feed my children under what I get for disability, and I'm considered unemployable. That is my official, the official statement on my my disabilities. that I am absolutely unemployable because, yeah, he's being so cute right now, um, because I can dislocate, I can pass out, and I might have good days where I'm doing great and I'm functioning Well, I have good hours. Good hours. I have good hours, um, <laughs> but I don't know what those hours will be, so there's no way to... There's no way for me to safely be on any work site right. <laughs> without um, putting myself and whoever I'm working with in tremendous danger.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Just being around her is dangerous, dangerous. enough.
1: Yeah. <laughs> See, I thought he was going to throw me shade for like, it's dangerous to do research for,
0: <laughs> no, 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 for just... a
1: podcast with Monica because, oh, that's great. Um, if, to do research with because I'll just get off topic.
0: <laughs> no, I was just, I've watched Judicial Kid enough times that, you know, I know that, yeah. So, moving on.
1: I know. you think with him being an EMT, he wouldn't be so squeamish about this.
0: I'm not squeamish. <laughs> I just hate pe- seeing people in pain. I mean, and, and you're so animated when you're in pain. It's like, oh, your eyes get big as dinner plates. And... Oh, my
1: God. Yeah. Everyone who, like, people are like, you're doing so well with this. You're doing great with this. I'm like, talk to the people who actually know me because they will tell you when I start <laughs> getting manic. And I can't shut up. It's because I'm in agony. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So if you've listened to this podcast, you know just how often that
0: happens. <laughs> yeah, usually about, you know, 30-minute mark, she starts to get a little more manic, a little more manic as the pain builds because she's sitting up in a chair. Uh-huh. And then by the end of it, she her eyes are glazed over.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, no, I'm crying because I'm laughing. It's okay.
0: <laughs> so moving on to physical costs. Moving quickly on, yes. Um, some of the physical costs... Um, you have a time accessing help because people don't believe you need it.
1: You can also add on to that that it's harder to find specialists, the more rare or intense your disorder is. Definitely. I've just gone through a trying to find a surgeon because my femur's been um, popping and going away. And I need to correct this to be able to be more... Um, able to function and live yes. life, and I also need to get my wrist fixed. And I cannot tell you how many surgeons I've called. They're like Eller Stainless. No, we don't see you. <laughs> Absolutely not. Please leave. Uh, throw away our number. Why are you calling? <laughs> They're like putting like clothes signs up, going out of business. As I'm talking to them, like it's insane to try to find a person who will see you.
0: Yeah. Um, and. But the, you're right with,
1: like, the the harder time accessing the help, too. Like, you going into an ER is way worse for you than it is for me.
0: Yeah, because what can we do for you? Nothing. Give me pain pads. I, that's not going to do anything. But just medicate me, and I'm like, that's... I want it fixed. I don't want to just keep drugging myself to oblivion.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, I went in for a shoulder dislocation because my arm was by my chest. It, like, I didn't have an armpit anymore. I just went all the way over. And I had to sit there with a... Very young, doogie-housery <laughs> <laughs> little creature. You, you like- know that might be a... a, a-
0: factor of your age not how old the actual doctor was right
1: you do uh, everyone please understand he's older than i am (laughs) so um the shade he is throwing i'm just gonna like put a mirror here
0: hey no i never said (laughs) i never said the doctor was doogie hauser you
1: did it was like fresh from med school and he was like so what's the problem And i'm sort of looking at my like arm hanging there and i'm like so here's my hand here's my hand going into the shoulder joint you see how it's all the way up to the wrist now is that normal? Is that good? Like, <laughs> But, like, for someone who doesn't have anything visible, like, you can actually end up almost dying. Like, you, we um, had discussions before yeah. about when you went in for an appendicitis. And they yeah, like, my appendix
0: ruptured and the doctors didn't believe me. And I sat in the ER for, what, four and a half hours? Yeah.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, like, when you're looking at someone who looks... Healthy. Because I have a high
0: tolerance for pain from having dealt with my feet and all this stuff for years,
1: and um, we have a special treat for you. Um, pretty soon, we are going to be having a podcast about um, being trans and what mm-hmm. that does for getting medical help. I am—I am so <laughs> I have no idea how excited I am for this podcast. <laughs> it's going to be so I, interesting. But I'm—I so, am too.
0: Because what was it? Just a little over a month ago, um, my kid came out as trans. Yeah. So it's—it's a. It's a and it's, this is not the first time I've ever dealt with it. I've had another friend that has gone through and, and transitioned. And so I, this is not my first time dealing with it. But it's my kid this time. So it's it's much more... Uh Immediate.
1: So we are, well, at least I am pretty new to all the language. So um, some wonderful people have been chatting with us about how we can do this better. We are trying. We are, so be gentle and kind with us. We're old and we're doing our best.
0: Yeah, be kind, be gentle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be
1: kind and be gentle. We'll, we'll stick with that part, but I, we are absolutely trying. But I'm really curious about different um, groups of people and the yes. visibility in the medical system because this goes right back to cost, I promise. Um, the more you ignore an issue, the more expensive that issue will be later on. Yes. So when you are being marginalized and your health issues are being ignored or you're too scared or you're embarrassed or you are frightened or worried about going in for financial reasons, for bullying reasons, for any reason.
0: or your parents will kick you out of your house.
1: Those. Um your cost is going to go up so significantly as the problem gets worse and worse and worse. So mm-hmm. this is absolutely a financial discussion as well.
0: Yeah. And back to the, some of the physical costs. One of the things that I've personally dealt with, <clears throat> I'm not officially disabled. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't gone through all the, the legal paperwork <laughs> to get it. Because, He's not
1: gotten certified yet.
0: No, I'm certifiable in other ways, but not that way. Absolutely. Um, so I'm not allowed to use assistive devices everywhere. So like I have a walk stool that basically folds down into like a one foot tall by about you know three inches and in, or six inches in diameter um, post basically that folds out into a stool so I can sit down. If, you know I'm like waiting in line stuff like this. And I've used it at the Eiffel Tower. I've used it everywhere. Disneyland. When I tried to go to Disneyland, they stopped me at the gate and said I needed to go put that in a locker that I could not use it if I could not walk they I had to pay pay for one of their wheelchairs for the day and I'm like Disney I, come on I like, I can walk I want to walk cuz I want the exercise I just can't stand in lines cuz standing still like that will eat my feet and then I can't get out of I can't get out of the park I can't move and so I have a choice of paying for a wheelchair for the day or walking and knowing full well that, you know, two hours later I'm going to be unable to move.
1: Someone on the site was just a t- uh, site and someone on the support group, the online support group because I don't play well with others, um, was talking about this exact thing. She has POTS, which is you mm-hmm. know, what I also mm-hmm. have. It's a heart condition. And if you stand up for too long, you are going to go down. It's going to be mm-hmm. not in that way. Um, it's just going to be a fall straight down. And she was really afraid. She was taking her kids to Disneyland having the same exact issue she was talking about. And being like, I will faint and you'll have to get emergency crews mm-hmm. in here unless you let me be able to sit down while it's like these hour long lines. Right. Hour. That's how long it's been since I've been to Disneyland.
0: <laughs> some rides are an hour, some rides are less. It depends.
1: Okay. I haven't been since. Uh, it's been 20 years.
0: But, you know, they, their answer is just rent a wheelchair. No. It's only, what, 50 bucks for a day. Which is. On the- top of however much you're paying for Disneyland already.
1: Which is a huge cost. And then if you have pots, the wheelchair is not going to stop you from fainting. Right. (laughs) The heat is the problem. And Anyway, I digress. But you're absolutely right. The extra money is, that's quite a bit. Disneyland, um, yeah, that's why it's been so long.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then, excuse me, more physical costs, limited job prospects. What jobs are you able to do with whatever you're, you know, I mean, even with mine. I mean, I have trouble walking. So, like, I used to be a cable guy, so I couldn't do that anymore. But with my IBS, I was working in an office environment and I got shade thrown at me for how many times a day I was going to the bathroom when I went, I mean, this was when I was first discovering I had IBS and a dairy allergy. So I didn't always know what was causing it. But then when I first started having problems, I was already working there. And I didn't know why I suddenly had to go to the bathroom all the time. I just did. And, you know, once I finally found out what it was, you know, I'm like, okay. And I would avoid dairy and I would try and get better about it all the time. But then, you know, they bring in all these nice big meals for everybody and everything had cheese in it or everything had butter in it. And it's like, okay, well, one of the perks of this job is that they catered lunches every day. Great. I can't eat any of it.
1: Here's your vegan option of lettuce.
0: There usually weren't vegan options there. That's <clears throat> yeah.
1: No, I, I... So I've had to leave many jobs because of physical issues. Like, I... Not that it was a job, but I was... I was going to be a ballerina. That was where I was heading to and Mm -hmm. ended up having that get cut off when I was 16. And then I went to um, jewelry making and I actually ran a business making jewelry. And then my hands couldn't, um, I didn't know why, but my hands would shake. And when you're holding a torch, that is very bad, very, very, very bad. Um, So I had to stop that business after I put so much money into it and had really like, built it up and I had to just walk away from it. And yeah. then the photography business, which I started on a super proud of this by the way, I started on a credit card and it became a $200,000 a year business. Like it was a really good business that was like so supportive in every way. I, I miss it desperately. I miss the people. If any of my customers are listening, I miss you guys so much. That was my social life almost it was mm-hmm. like my clients were some of my favorite humans. Like it was awesome. But to lose that, was a huge drop of income,
0: right. and
1: it also means like not for me necessarily, but for like someone who was working a job, like you were working a job, you're also missing out on retirement savings. Right, you're not getting that like fifty percent into the retirement. Um, you're missing out on upping your social security. You're missing out on so many huge, um, <laughs> huge yeah. financial. Yeah, I mean, subjects. I had
0: gone back to school to get a degree so I could get a better job when I lost my job as a cable guy. And I only worked in the software industry for a few years before, you know, it just became too much of a problem with my disabilities that I couldn't hold down an office job. Because if I had a bad dairy day, I was spending all day in the bathroom. There was no work getting done.
1: And let's have a moment because you're mentioning education. And that was something I was really considering when um, things weren't as bad as they've gotten lately was that I used to be a teacher and I loved teaching. I absolutely adore being a teacher. I, Mm -hmm. I miss it. It was so much fun. And I looked into how much it would cost for me to get my teaching credential. And I was like, oh, maybe I could like do part-time teaching. Like maybe I could just like find someone to do a job share so I could teach in the morning. And then the cost, um, because I can't do the evening classes. So Mm -hmm. I can't. And even that was like $6,000 to get a credential through the the California State. um, I believe like to get all the classes I needed to get done. But I would need to do it online because I can't. Go out in the evenings. Was, that's but you've
0: gotten so bad now. There's no way you can. There's work no way. No, this is scheduled. this is all
1: me. Like this is years ago. By the way, <laughs> this is a long time ago when I was even considering this. Um, but to do the online program was fifty thousand dollars. Ouch. And then there's another program that was way cheaper, twenty five thousand oh, dollars. And hey. I was looking at maybe I could do this in the mornings. Like maybe I could even just do summer school mornings and share. Like I just wanted to get out and to be to be back helping teenagers. Like I love, I love working with 13 year olds. And those are my favorite. I love working junior high. (laughs) I miss it so much. You're insane. I loved teaching junior high. Um, but no, like at this point in my life, there's just no way I can even do the classes, let alone teach. But, um, if anyone's thinking like, Oh, well maybe I could get, I am working a physical job right now, like you were, I could take classes and then get into a job that's more desk and I could do that. Um, those costs here in the United States, because we don't have, Free or subsidized education. Yep. Uh, even like things like University of Phoenix, which is like things you can do at night. I know. Roll. I roll. You absolutely yeah, should. Um, I roll. They are so expensive, and thanks to the Cheeto Elect and this um, <laughs> little cohort of evil, they now have taken away the ability to write off the student loans on your taxes. Mm-hmm. So it is a tremendous outlay of cash that you probably don't have to get to a job that you are not being physical in. Right. So I thought I'd just take the
0: long way around to that explanation. <laughs> um, and one of the things I'm probably most guilty of on my, in the physical cost is overdoing it because I, I want to be normal for a day.
1: The good day problem. The good
0: day problem. Yeah. Just for a few hours, <laughs> I want to forget that I'm disabled. I want to forget that I have all these issues. I just want to, you know, live life like I used to. David and I went to the zoo the other day and you know we were only there for like 3 hours and in that 3 hours i was wasted i and i can always tell i I've, I've learned that i have a a, a tell for when i'm ha- in a lot of pain bleeding no no that's a <laughs> scab um no i have a tell for when i'm in a lot of pain i sweat <laughs> we were at the zoo and we weren't walk we were sitting still and suddenly i just broke out in this just i felt like a waterfall
1: the lions are like dude hello <laughs>
0: And it just, yeah, I, my body gets stressed, and when I start getting stressed, my temperature goes up, and I start sweating really bad, and it was, you know, we were sitting there on a park bench, and all of a sudden, I just, you know, I just wipe my hand across the back of my neck, and it's like, I am soaked. Yeah. And it wasn't that hot out. It was just stress from what little walking around I did.
1: You know, and I think that that... Danger goes up when you are working a regular job. When you're mm-hmm. just desperate to not get fired. When you're when you're just desperate to try to be like your coworkers. When you're when you're just desperate to be able to get out of the house to the the car to the commute to the job, and then you get like props to all of you. I mean, I bow down. That's brutal. And then to get to your work, and then to try to be functional and think things through, and I, that's a lot to. Um, to be able to do and to try to fake these good days all the time because the amount of energy I think we all expend to fake looking normal, to fake being normal. that to
0: pretend. And and the thing, thing a is a huge is,
1: amount of output. You, you
0: you sometimes pretend for the people so they don't see you're hurting, but a lot of times you pretend for yourself because you want to pretend that you're back to who you were before.
1: God, I mean, no one really talks about this, but the amount of mourning I have done for who I used to be is huge. I am not that person anymore. Like, I mean, emotionally, financially, physically, like, and I've been sick my whole life, but just like the saying goodbye to new things, (laughs) like saying goodbye to walking, saying goodbye to, um, yeah, it's just, it's insane.
0: Yeah. I, I, I.
1: See, again,
0: I need therapy. There we go. That, that's what that comes down <laughs> um, to. And, and, you know, kind of building on that is that it's a hard time doing simple tasks that you should feel that you should be doing, like cleaning your house, cooking. I finally broke down because to clean um, my Abby, my bird, to clean her cage, I have to take, every, take the cages apart, put them in the tub, and then scrub them down. And this is, you know, something that's not that hard for me to do until I hurt my knee and my knee trying to kneel down next to the tub to scrub these things was excruciating and I couldn't do it anymore and I finally started having to hire somebody to come in and do it and really truthfully it's something that should be done every couple of days. I'm having someone do it once a month and on in between times I'm like going and I've got these little wipes and I try and clean it where it's at in place every so often just to get it so it's not horrible and then I have somebody come in and do a deep clean once a month. And it's, you know, that's, to have a task rabbit come in and do that runs $100, $150 for one month, once a month. If I was going to have it done more often, that's, no, I couldn't, I, that's insane. But it's something simple. I just can't do it because kneeling down like that. I don't my, know how
1: you ever did that. That's crazy. Uh, it, it, With it, it, your knees?
0: Well, like I said, with, before my knee got bad, it was not a problem. I could, I could kneel down because I've got a cushion there, and I could do it. But after a certain point when my knee got worse, kneeling down like that on the ground doesn't matter what I'm doing. I can, like, if I have to get something that has fallen under the bed or whatever or fallen on the floor like that that I have to actually kneel down, the whole time it feels like someone's just driving a spike into my knee. It's lovely.
1: So you made me think of something and I don't know where we would put it because it's not necessarily a financial cost or emotional cost, but favors, the the cost of uh, favors oh. and guilt um, has become a huge. Discussion. That's
0: emotional. and It's actually down there.
1: Yeah. Oh, I mean, I read through this. I swear I did. I don't know. How, yeah, um, it's been a long time. Embarrassment
0: day. in asking for help or for special accommodations since your illness is not visible, but especially I, if they feared affecting the jobs. that's.
1: Okay, well, I was going a little bit different than that, because, like, this has been...
0: asking for help is the first thing, yeah. Well, asking
1: for help is always super (laughs) intense for me, because I'm so used to being independent. But I feel like, um, especially, like, I don't want to, like, wear out people's goodwill. Yeah. And the thing is, is the favors I'm asking are not even, like, I want to go do this. I want to go to the library and get books for myself. Like, it's not even, like, those kind of favors. It's, like can you help me get to the doctor, you know, or right. can we get can dinner? Pick,
0: can you go pick up Olivia from school for me? <laughs> I feel so bad about that still.
1: Okay, he has no reason to feel bad about this. It was like the one day where I was like, I am actually going to ask for help because I can't. I that was, was that the day that I... Um, That I was stuck in my car?
0: Yes, that was that you were stuck in your car. I was stuck
1: in my car, and I'm like, I can't drive, I can't move my foot, and I was texting curious. But the the point is,
0: is like... So, in my defense, the reason why I couldn't do it was I'd already gotten a call that day from another friend who had an emergency come up and needed someone to watch her two kids. (laughs) I was on my way to go watch the kids when she called me.
1: Otherwise, I would have done it. So I, he absolutely would. He's, he has read me for not asking more often. I have. <laughs> and it's, it's fair. But it's like you don't want to wear out goodwill because, like, you don't know when you're going to absolutely need it. And it's not even like you're asking for favors for yourself or your entertainment. Like, you feel like you're you're expending all of this, like, goodwill for, like, I need to take care of my family or my pets. Or, like, I need to, like, basic, can you get me to the emergency room? Husband, right. Friend. Like, that's been...
0: So yeah, that we're, the cost we're,
1: of favors. We're bridging
0: into the emotional. World. There's one more thing from the physical that I want to cover, before yes. that, which was the time you lose, the amount of time it takes for getting and sorting your meds every week, researching treatments, being your own advocate with the medical system. Like You've talked about how many hours your mom and you have spent um, talking to medical professionals. I've heard you talk about how many trips back and forth to the pharmacy you've taken to get your meds filled because they don't want to give you your meds because it's opioids.
1: Can we just discuss fuck CVS? <laughs> I mean, and Wal- Walmart just joined in on this. 7 days. They're willing to give you 7 days of your pain medication because they've decided they know more than your pain management doctor. Mm-hmm. I mean, this kind of abuse of chronic pain patients is insane. Do I understand there's an opioid crisis? Yes, but you need to make a huge division between fentanyl and fentanyl illegally given and illegally bought. And the people who are on the pain meds that they are prescribed by doctors that they need as part of their pain management. This is insane and cruel. And my pharmacy that I go to has a 30-day. It's not seven days. So thanks, Walgreens. But it's a 30-day. And it's 30 days from when I pick up. So that means I drop off my prescription. And if I can't wait there, I have to wait another day to pick it up. If I can get there that day, this last time it was a week because I kept dislocating my tibia. So I couldn't drive down to pick up my pain meds. And the one time I did, they were like, oh, sorry, it's going to be 40 more minutes. So it had been two times driving back and forth. And then it was, so now I'm going to have to wait an extra week to get my pain meds from like the 30 days because they want to look good. I, I don't get this. Like if your doctor is prescribing this, then they need to stay out of this. Anyway, that was my rant for the... <laughs> that was one of my many, many, many rants.
0: Okay. Um, moving on, we're going to get into more the emotional cost, which we already talked about. Embarrassment as- about asking for help or for special accommodations. Yes. Um, the conscious or sometimes unconscious need to act like nothing's wrong, even on bad days, which I know you're guilty of. <laughs> well,
1: especially I've, when seen you're in a, I've
0: seen you on a... Well, no, even now, I've seen you on a bad day, when you're like, I'm fine, and then your eyes are like... I'm not fine!
1: I love the, these new memes that are coming out, like the illustrated text from the 1300s where the woman has like this knife through her sh- end her of Oh, like, yeah, am I like, fine? I'm fine. All oh, good, what? What? Um,
0: and, you know, some things that I didn't think about until I actually sat down to write this outline out, which is the mental anguish that you can go through having to explain your illness to strangers because either they don't believe anything's wrong with you. Or they think you're faking it. Or family. Or, or family. Um, or just strangers. You know, you're, you're, you're out in the world and you need to sit down. And you have to explain why you need to sit down to someone. Or me being on BART, having to explain to the lady, look, yes, I have a condition. I can't stand for the entire ride. Or I won't be able to walk to get to my car.
1: Or why I'm walking when I leave my car in a disability spot.
0: Yes. And it, it's why do you have to explain to a perfect stranger what your condition is, and sometimes in graphic detail for them to believe you.
1: But the more graphic you go, the less they'll ask.
0: Sometimes. <laughs> I actually had a person, I was talking about my IBS issues, and I tried being very graphic to make them stop asking questions. It didn't. It actually made them ask more questions. So that doesn't always right. true.
1: Okay, fair enough.
0: Um, so uh, another emotional one is the strain on your relationships. when others have to do more because you can't do it. You know, that, like, having, oh, you know...
1: A moment of silence for all the breakups that are <laughs> because one of the people is chronically ill. Um,
0: especially if it happens after the relationship's established. Uh, you know, that's not even getting into the whole issue of, I have a chronic illness, I'm dating. <laughs> and, you know, all the fear of telling this person, I have this chronic illness. If we get together, you're going to help take care of me. <laughs>
1: oh my god, like that was, I think that's like half of why Stu and I ended up doing so well together was because we had been friends for three years. So he saw all of it. And like one of the best things I knew that he was definitely the person was we were just friends and he would sleep over on the couch so that he could help me get Liam to school in the morning Aww. when things were really bad. And he'd see that I was in really a lot of pain. He would just be like, okay, I'm going to crash on the couch and I'll help you in the morning with the kid. And like, that was like, okay, this is definitely, but he knew exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. It's very different than, Than when you're, you know, with someone who hikes all the time, like for my parents, this has been very hard for them with their, my father is very ill. Mm -hmm. He's um, mostly bed bound and their favorite thing to do when I was growing up was hiking. Every weekend, backpack on the back, they'd go out to Marin, they'd go everywhere and they'd walk and hike and that was their big, um, that was their big connection point. And so Mm -hmm. I think it's when it, and not throwing shade at the person who's like, I don't know how to do this. You are basically changing drastically in Mm -hmm. front of someone who's also changing. And, um, the connection points that you have, there are the things that you know, you can always like go to, like we've discussed this in our sex and disability Mm -hmm. podcast. And when couples have certain like sex plays that they really enjoy,
0: and or couples, or, or more
1: than couples, sorry, didn't mean to be exclusive, uh, exclusionary of other I wasn't
0: even going to get groups. into that. I didn't even think
1: you would, but um, just like for people where certain plays are important to their relationship and those are physically impossible, navigating those choppy waters will need a therapist. We're going back to the, I, see, I can do it. I can bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> We're going back to the cost because you are going to need some help navigating those waters.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, and... Um, Please stop dislocating. Wait until we're done.
1: I'm trying. (laughs) I'm Um, making it. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's all good. (laughs) Top top down.
0: So, uh, the other thing that I thought of when thinking about this subject was (laughs) self-loathing. Because, you know, when you're disabled, you feel bad because, you know, you've taken care of yourself. Suddenly, you can't take care of yourself. You have to ask people for help, and you have this whole track on your head. Plus, like you mentioned earlier, another piece of that, because... Recently, one of my partners, um, his job changed. He has to go in. He was working from home every day. Now he has to go in every day. So just like Monica now, I'm alone all day. (laughs) And it has been a big adjustment. And it's it's only been about a month. And I'm still not dealing well with it. I I mean, I'm, I'm I'm on FaceTime over half the day working. So I'm still talking to someone. But there's nobody in the house with me. And It's different.
1: Yeah, that dark, dark void of. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I can spin in some Tasmanian circles of self loathing mm-hmm. and depression when I'm alone for too long. As any of you who've been reading the blog lately will know that I've gotten a little dark lately. I uh, I make no apologies for it. That's
0: <laughs> Yeah, and it, it's.
1: I was going to apologize, and I'm like, you know what? I don't have anything you know, to apologize for. You don't. It. I do the best I can.
0: Yeah, because when you're alone all day, you know, you've got your isolation, you've got your loneliness, and being very self-conscious about asking, hey, do you want to come over? You know, if there's anybody even around to come over because it's middle of the day, most people are working.
1: But, yeah, for for, at least for me personally, like, asking people to come over, it's like, but I might just be curled up, rocking back and forth, crying. Who's going to want to see that? Like, it's not cute. I don't cry cute either. I mean, like, it's snotty and red and yeah, I know, icky. Actually. Like, it's not even pretty. I can't even pretty cry. Like, <laughs> i got to work on this if I'm going to keep trying to get people to come over. But it's not like I can, It's like the, um... You must have to factor in, like, how entertaining can I be? Mm -hmm. Like, can I entertain someone enough to make them want to hang out with me?
0: Yeah.
1: And, I mean, I know it's, like, a big part of, like, my, like, over-the-top personality sometimes is, like, I have to earn that, like... (laughs) Sorry, that's a little too real. I'm going to use you all as therapy since I can't afford therapy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the last thing I have on here, because we've kind of covered... The self-loathing, the self-consciousness, isolation, loneliness, depression. Oh, man,
1: you have one on here that I'm like, we are dealing with this right fucking now this week. Miss
0: moments with family yep. and friends because you aren't well enough to be there. Uh-huh. I, was, I was talking huh. to um, the guys this morning. There's a really cool thing in San Francisco that's like this big Victorian thing. And it's like an entire night event. It's really cool. The first time we signed up to do it, I was sick. So David and Scott went without me. So there's a picture of them in this very romantic type thing, just the two of them. And then we went back later when I went. And so right next to this Can picture... Can you
1: please explain to everyone who does not listen to our podcast all the time why you're talking about two other people you're about. Sorry, I have two husbands. Thank you. That's why I was long. Yes,
0: I have two husbands. I have David and Scott. We just recently celebrated nine years. The three of us have been together. Um, we are a family unit. We are the three of us together. I don't, it's not like I have two husbands that are separate. The three of us are together. Anyway, moving on.
1: Yeah, you don't do the 1950s salesman thing of two yes. households now. Sorry, I just so, want like, I know yeah. there's people who are uh, listening yeah. in other countries. They're like, what the heck are they talking about? Right.
0: Households. Sorry. Um, so they went one night without me, and then there's another picture right next to it on the little picture frame things of the three of us together when we went back. And every time I see the picture of the two of them together, it reminds me that I, on all the things I miss out on because I'm sick. And I know that that, you know, it never would occur to them because it's a really yeah. cute picture of the two of them together. But every time I see it, that's the first thing I see, think about is the fact that it reminds me of all the times I've missed out because they've gone and done something because I couldn't that night. The left feeling is fucking real. And I'm not going to get into how many times we've tried to plan to go to wine country with you and Stu uh-huh. and it's never happened because every time we try to schedule it, you dislocate something.
1: I, yes. Yes, I, I was just about to apologize, and I'm like, I shouldn't. <laughs> don't, <Jesus."> don't apologize.
0: <laughs> I'm just saying that that's another <laughs> no, indicator. No, it, you know, it, we, try, we keep trying to do this, and it never happens because...
1: It is such a learned behavior for me to just, like, apologize for everything and kind of get over it. <laughs> um, but that's really true, and it's like, I mean, I, I feel really safe with Kira, so we've been friends for a while, and, you know, also chronically ill person who understands, but with other people, like, the fear of they won't ask me anymore. I'll lose this friendship, and I've lost so many friendships um, since I, I came out of the, the chronically ill closet. So, you know, some of you know we have a um, undercover Spoonie. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I read the the blog pitches because the person has to remain closet, the closet mm-hmm. Spoonie. And um, it, it, you guys are, are absolutely right in being afraid. I'm not going to say that that's in your head because when I came out of the Spoonie closet, I lost a lot. I lost an income, <laughs> which wasn't just because it was it was because I couldn't do my job anymore. Right. But it was also, um, I lost so many opportunities that I could have probably done because people stopped talking to me. Um, I was no longer useful or helpful to a whole subsect of people that I really, I cared about and I do still care about. Like, no shade to those people. They're very busy. Um, But it was really sad to lose that, you know, that friendship and those opportunities to be a part of things that I really cared about, that I was really passionate about, like, being um, an activist, like mm-hmm. those things, are are not really open to to people. And we'll do that that podcast eventually, but <laughs> uh, there are a lot of opportunities that I don't get anymore because there's yeah. an entire groups of people that have just kind of sloughed off to the side.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it, it. I cannot stress enough how much it hurts and bothers me. You know, that that whole left-behind feeling.
1: That's, yeah.
0: And (laughs) you think being alone all day is stressful and adds to depression. Being alone when you wanted to go do something and you can't.
1: And everyone else is gone. And everyone else is
0: gone and (laughs) doing it and enjoying it. That's ten times worse to me.
1: Yeah, I mean... There's a lot of people who, rightfully so, are very stressed out in their jobs, and they're like, "Oh, you get to stay home. You can nap whenever you want. You can you can work on your passion projects." Um, so I hope you all listen to this because it's not it's um, sometimes lovely. I did have a lovely morning in my my rose yes. garden, and um, I I got some writing done and some illustrating done. But uh, you now a lot of times we're we would love to be out at work Definitely. with people. I, i'm a
0: very <laughs> social creature i hate hate being alone all the time uh,
1: yeah it's the the personality of the extrovert the body of an introvert yeah you know, that's that that's very lovely, good actually uh, that was not good. mine um i'm gonna forget who said that she's lovely and if i remember exactly who i will put a link to her podcast interview because she was genius she's also a therapist so i know that, that much. might be why yeah i will find it
0: so that's it for us this time
1: so, did I do better? At you, on? you did
0: much better. At staying on track, <laughs> He's like, I'm just going to
1: make sure you dislocate really badly during the day. <laughs> just like, are relying on your notes to get through.
0: <laughs> yeah, when well, you're not He's able to focus. Show up with a
1: baseball bat is what this you're is. You're not like able to focus,
0: do. you stay on task, but that's good to know. Oh, yeah,
1: that's going to be fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so until next time. Be, be kind. Be gentle.
1: Be a fucking
0: badass. Be a fucking badass.